there are phrases that we have in our vocabulary that let us know that something big is coming. One of them is, of course, we need to talk. That's a good one. Or you're, I need to tell you something. I need you to sit down. These are all things we do to trigger that, hey, there's something big coming along. And if you notice here, I'm doing another one that lets you know something big is coming and something is pregnant. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach. Thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, welcome aboard. This is why I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. If you want to monetize, yeah, we can do that too. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. And for the record, that is nowhere in print. That is just for you for tuning in. And today... Who's pregnant? Well, the pauses. Yeah, we're going to talk about pauses, why they work, when you should use them. And there are different pauses for different mediums. For instance, if you listen to somebody on the radio, holy cow. And and the reason they have like really long pauses is they have four hours to fill up. And so we'll talk about public speaking, but mainly we're going to talk about podcasting. But I always love to start off the show with a because of my podcast story. And today we've got another one. We had Andy Driscoll on from Inebriart back on episode 804, and he had multiple stories when I interviewed him. So we played one back then on episode 804, and I'll have links to all this stuff out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 809. And here he has multiple because of my podcast stories. And uh, you mentioned that the, on the other podcast, the old Colony Cast, that you've had some other things that have happened there that you've got to do because of your podcast. Yeah, that one affords us some really interesting and unique opportunities because it is based about anything Plymouth and, and very historic. So we got to partner with another podcast here called America's Hometown Horror and we partnered with them and a group called Capers, which is Cape and Island Paranormal Research. And they maintain the oldest wooden jail cell in the country, which is on Cape Cod. And we went down and we did a ghost hunt and we handled the historic aspects of the jail. And then our friends podcast handled the more like spooky ghost stories. So that was really fun. Nice. We've also gotten to this big uh, Renaissance fair here called King and Richard's fair. If you're in Massachusetts, you know about this fair. It's a big deal. It's been running since the early eighties, maybe the late seventies. And we recorded with them uh, during COVID because we were kind of like missing the fair and talked about the history of the fair, how it got started. And at the end, we thanked them for being on. We're like, oh, we can't wait for next year because the fair will be happening. And the woman who's the daughter of the original creator said, oh, email me and we'll get you guys in and we'll get you seated in, in the King's box to watch the joust. And so we got to do that, which is just so bizarre. And uh, we got a private tour of the Lizzie Borden house because we reached out to them about having one of their tour guides on as an expert to talk about the Lizzie Borden story. And so we got 
to go down and, and record. We recorded in the room where they did the autopsies, which is insane that they did autopsies in people's houses. That's a little different. Yeah, it was weird. It was the dining room. It was gross. And they gave us the whole full tour and, and walked us around. And then in true Lizzie Borden ghost scariness, the computer crashed and we lost the episode. No. Yeah. So we had to like re-record it. And it, it so we kind of lost that expert. And, yeah. But, you know, it's just it is what it is, man. That's wild. And thanks to Andy again at Inebri. It's I N E B R I dash A R T dot com. Well, now I have links to that at school of podcasting dot com slash eight oh nine. Just a reminder I need your answer by January 28th, 2022. And as we all want more followers and subscribers, what we're asking about is if you're in an app and an actual podcast has caught your eye, we want to know. Is the description important? Do you actually follow or subscribe or do you just cherry pick episodes? And do you ever follow or subscribe to a podcast? And again, we all kind of want more followers. So just, I, I realize this is kind of vague, but just picture yourself. You find a podcast that maybe you should be listening to. What influences you moving forward with that? Because we all want to get our audience to that spot where they're looking at our show. And so we're trying to understand what influences people to click play, to click follow, to click subscribe. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. I need your answer by January 28th, 2022. And of course, don't forget to tell us the name of your show, a little bit about it, and where we can find it. Have you ever heard the phrase dead air? That is a phrase that comes from radio, and it's when typically the DJ is gone to take a tinkle, and they thought they put on Freebird, and it turns out they put on something from whatever that's not seven minutes long, and they got back, and there's absolutely nothing going on the radio. That is called Dead Air. Another great story of Dead Air was back in 1987. Dan Rather thought his newscast was going to get pushed back because a U.S. Open match was running a little long. And so he got up and left. And then, well, it didn't run long. And there were six minutes of basically Dan Rather's chair on national television. And they're like, Dan, has anyone seen Dan? Anybody? Dan? Okay. So that is uh, dead air. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a dramatic pause where you go, I just got my results back from 23andMe, and it turns out I am my own grandpa. And you're like, what? It's my family tree is a little, it doesn't really fork much. Something's going on there, right? That pause lets you know that something important is coming. Or it's the opposite. It's where you say something that's really important and then you pause to let it soak in. And that's really it. The dramatic pause, sometimes called, by the way, the pregnant pause. And it basically adds importance to whatever comes right after it. So that's when you go, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And my mom, that's actually from the movie Gone with the Wind. My mom saw that movie when she was nine years old in 1939, and she said the people that were watching that movie in the theater 
at the time all gasp. So that pause before something can get your brain to kind of think, ooh, something is coming along. And not so much that the next thing is important is what it does is I could sit here and just keep talking and give you words and you can actually understand everything I'm saying right now, even though I am talking a little fast and I took a little baby break there, but you still are understanding everything I'm saying, but there's this whole thing going where I'm just talking and talking. There's more words. And then after that, there's even more words and you can still understand everything I'm saying, even though I'm talking really fast. And then all of a sudden, when I stop, your brain goes, ah, and it gives it a chance to catch up so that I just watched a a movie called Being the Ricardos on Amazon. It's actually a decent flick. And ladies, actually not even ladies, every podcaster should watch that because one of the things that Lucy does is go, it's my show. It's my show. And they're like, well, you can't do that. It's my show. What are you going to do? Call it I love, I don't know, Gil and find some guy? No. And so if you haven't watched that, do that. And what that has to do with your brain consuming words is there's a famous Lucille Ball skit where there are these chocolates. She's working in some sort of chocolate factory and all these chocolates are coming down a conveyor belt and it gets faster and faster and faster. And she eventually starts shoving them in her mouth. But that's how your brain is. It's chewing up these words. And when all of a sudden there aren't any, your brain kind of goes, uh, and it looks for more words. So it's like, wait, what's going on? And about that time, it's super observant and super ready for more words. So by doing a pause, you somewhat tweak the interest of your audience into thinking, well, what's coming next? And another place you can use a pause is on the other side of something. So you kind of have this pause to get the brain's attention. The other one is to leave a pause. If you drop a knowledge bomb and you want that knowledge bomb to kind of breathe a second, to have your audience go, Whoa. Let me give an example one. The killer whale here in the United States, better known as Shamu, right? The killer whale is a natural predator of the moose. Wow. Yeah, it's true. Google it. I'm here to tell you. Apparently these these moose, meeses, mice, moose, whatever, those big things with antlers swim from like one island to the next somewhere in America. And Shamu comes along and, well, that's the end of the moose. The king of pausing was Paul Harvey. This is a quick clip from 1965 from something that was called Freedom to Chains. But listen how he pauses after he makes a point. He's using that strategy of, okay, I'm going to say something important and then pause extra long after I make that point. Here's Paul Harvey. With an innocent-sounding constitutional amendment, the 16th, which says that Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. And we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves. Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could awaken one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. Historically, whenever any nation. All right. So that last one especially was was very long. And you got to remember, Paul Harvey was on the radio. And I think broadcasters have a little more license to do the extended dance version pregnant pause because they have four hours to kill. And that's where they'll say something like, I'm going to say something important now. I'm going to raise my voice and then I'm going to shut up. 
and then they move on to another point. I think you can do that in radio. I guess you could do it in a podcast, but that's a great example is Paul Harvey. Now I want to switch gears and we're not really talking about pregnant pausing as we are simply shut up, ask a question and shut up. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show where I hear people, you start to hear a pregnant pause. You start to freak out. You think of it as dead air. And instead of letting the guest come up with an answer, you start throwing out answers and making it multiple choice. And I've got two examples here that I want to play. One is Howard Stern and the other one is David Letterman, two people who are known as being good interviews. Now, before we get to that, I do want to mention that if you're ready to start your podcast, I am definitely ready to help you. If you are worried about, I don't know what equipment I need, I'm worried I'm going to sound stupid. I'm worried I'm going to sound bad. I don't know anything about building a website. I don't know how to get my podcast listed into Apple and Google and Spotify and all that. I've got it all right in one place for you at schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER. And in addition to all the educational pieces, you have direct access to me. You can actually go in and schedule what I call a quick fix 15. So if you have a quick question, that's right. You and me, one-on-one, making sure that you're not stuck. Then we have a mastermind of podcasters. We, we use Facebook for that. And we are all working together for one common goal. We want to make the best episodes possible and we want to grow our downloads. I would love to help you. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. You've got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If on day 29, you're like, you know, Dave, this is a lot more work than I thought. Feel free to send me a note and I will refund your money. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and use the coupon code LISTENER. Also coming up last, uh, well, not really last week, last Wednesday, I did an episode drop. I traded uh, positions with a friend of mine, Evo Terra, and I'll explain how I did that without hosting it on my media host. That actually came in, in Evo's case, he's using Captivate. He was a previous advisor to Captivate, and yet that came down my feed, and I use Libsyn. Well, I'll tell you how I do that in just a bit, but we're still talking the importance of silence sometimes. And I was listening to Howard Stern. Howard Stern is a great example of how your podcast is not a statue. It's a recipe. Howard has changed a lot as a person from his early you know, twenties and thirties. When he was on the radio, he was a little more risque back then. It's kind of funny because when he goes on vacation, They play old clips and they kind of don't fit anymore. He's much more serious now. He's getting a little more political now, which is kind of interesting as well. So if you're stuck in a genre, you're not stuck. It's a podcast. It's your show. You can do whatever you want. And sure, there are going to be those people that go, oh, Howard sold out. He's not as good as he used to. And I was surprised because he goes on vacation because he's getting up there in age. And this one time he took a break and they did nothing but play his interviews. And I was like, Oh, what a ripoff. Cause I'm paying for this. He's on Sirius satellite radio. And I was surprised at how well he held my attention with interviews, especially of interviews of people that I could care less about. So in this quick clip, he's interviewing Ben Affleck and 
Ben is being very vulnerable and, and explaining a lot of things. If you're not familiar with Ben Affleck, he's a, a movie star. He's a director. And he's really giving the behind the scenes of how he makes movies and stuff. But Ben also has struggled with alcohol over the years. He is uh, he was married. He's got a couple kids and he's divorced now. And I think he's I don't know if he's remarried. No, he's uh, dating. What's her name? Uh, Jennifer um, J-Lo. Yeah, whatever her uh, Jennifer Lopez. He's dating her. And so Howard knows. So, number one, he's done his research. And, and this is not any great research. It's fairly obvious with most people that have you know, interviewed Ben. But Ben's father was also an alcoholic and was just not a good guy when he was drunk. And since then, I guess from what Ben said, he's now sober, his father, for 30 years. And the first thing Howard does is he gets him thinking about how horrible it feels when your father's not in your life. The, the father hunger you experienced as a boy, um, I, I can't even imagine the bitterness and what you missed out on in life. It, it, in a way, it is the most devastating thing for a young boy to not to know his father's out there somewhere and not be around. And Ben is there to promote a movie he's in called The Tender Bar. Right now it's available on Amazon Prime. And in that movie, there was a kid whose father is not around and Ben is his uncle and kind of takes him under his wing. So the question that kind of gets this response of 18 seconds of silence is when Howard gets Ben to think about his situation and to comment on his situation growing up. And listen, he's going to, it takes Howard a second to spit out the question because he might be a little nervous asking it. Now that they think about this and then you'll hear from the minute Howard asked the question, there is 18 seconds where you'll hear Ben say, well, uh, and Howard could have jumped in and bailed him out, but he didn't. And then listen to the answer that comes out. Were you ever able to go to him and say, dad, do you hate me? Do you, do you, are you, are you disgusted with me? Why, why don't I'm this cute little boy, you know, what is it about me? What, you know, cause kids blame themselves. Why are you not in my life? Where are you? Or was that just too difficult a thing for you to do? Uh, you know, yes, that's hard for children to do. You don't really understand. Okay. And notice that understand. He's in the next phrase he's going to say is also, you can tell this is a tough question to say a tough answer. Yes. That's hard for children to do. You don't really understand. It's very difficult to understand as a child, you're kind of programmed to, to your parents are right. They have to be right. They have to connect them to survive. Right. So if, if, if they don't love you because they're not there or they're mean to you because they're drunk and cranky and listen, you know, my father, when I look at his life, you know, two years before he got married, his mother killed herself. Then his next year, his brother killed himself. His father beat him up his whole life. You know, he had incredibly traumatic. Like, how you even recover from that to the degree that he has is remarkable. And I'd like to say that. And you have to realize that while they're not in the same room face to face, they are Zoom to Zoom in this case. Ben Affleck is on Zoom for this interview. And Howard has already proven that he's done his research. He explained that he knew about his dad, his mom had gone to Harvard and all these other things. So Ben knows that Howard has done his 
homework, so he feels probably a little special. And they've had some really good conversations in there, and it was a, a pretty interesting interview. The next little snippet I want to play is from a Netflix show called And My Next Guest Is. It's uh, the David Letterman show, basically, but he's doing long-form interviews. And in this one, he's interviewing Ellen. And what's interesting about this is he's kind of going chronologically through her life. And apparently Ellen's stepfather was, was not a good man. And you'll hear Dave give her an out. He's like, look, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. And then you will hear Ellen basically argue with herself and try to figure out, is she going to reveal this story or not? And you can't see it. But in the video at this one point, she reveals a detail and you see Dave kind of like almost his body language was holy cow. He kind of like pushes back in his chair and almost makes a face like ew, or just just it, the body language is, oh, my gosh, that had to hurt. And but he didn't say anything. He could have easily jumped in there and interrupted her story. So here is David Letterman interviewing Ellen DeGeneres from the show. My next guest is on Netflix. And what becomes of mom now? Does she, is she remarries? Yeah, she remarried a very bad man. Very bad man. And this, this is the man that hurt you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Is that it? Um, I, I mean, I'm fine if that's No, it. I know. It's just, it's. So you can hear where he's already said almost nothing. He's given her an out. And from this point forward, he doesn't say a word. It, that's another thing that, you know, I'm angry at myself because, you know, I didn't, I was too weak to stand up to, I was, you know, 15 or 16 and, um, I mean, it's a really horrible, horrible story. And the only reason I'm actually going to go into detail about it is, um, because I want other girls to not, you know, ever let someone do that. Um, and you may not even air this, I don't know, but uh, my mother had had um, breast cancer right after they got married. So she had her breast removed. And um, they had a very, very sexual relationship, which was also very uncomfortable for me. And um, he told me when she was out of town that he felt a lump in her breast and needed to feel my breast because he didn't want to upset her, but he needed to feel mine. But again, because I didn't know about bodies, I don't know that breasts are all different and um anyway he he convinced me that he needs to feel my breast and then he tries to do it again another time and then another time um he tries to break my door down and and I kicked the window out and ran because I knew it was going to do it was going to go more to, to something and uh, I didn't want to tell my mother because I was protecting her and I knew that 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 would ruin her happiness and she was happy with him, even though he was a horrible man and I should have, I should never have protected her. I should have protected myself and I didn't tell her for a few years and then I told her and then she didn't believe me and then she stayed with him for 18 more years and finally left him because he changed the story so many times. So she did confront him about the story? Yeah, but he said I was lying and then she stayed with him. So that was two minutes that Letterman thankfully just stayed out of the way, even though you could hear 
or even when she said, I'm not even sure if you're going to air this, he could have said, oh, no, 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 it's okay. He just let her go. And here's the thing we have to remember, because I know you might be saying, Dave, I never talk about anything that serious on my show. Nobody's talking about sexual assault. Nobody's talking about alcoholism on my show or things like that. But it doesn't really matter. There are times when there are really good answers and we turn them into multiple choice and we shouldn't be doing that. And here's why. What if we give somebody 30 seconds to come up with an answer and the answer is meh. All right. Okay. We can edit out the long pause. I have a client of mine that I edit their podcast and it's brain surgery. They're talking about brain surgery. And as you might imagine, when somebody asks a question, they want to think a second about what their answer is going to be. And so there is pause. There is pregnant pause. There is long pause. And then there's, hey, I think, is there something wrong with my phone? Pause. Because it's just been way too long. And so for me, sometimes I will go in and I will leave the pause there because it's important that the pause is there. That pause can show that the guest is thinking about this. But there are times when I'm like, yeah, they don't need to. We can leave, you know, a, a, a long pause, not a holy cow. They went to get a coffee kind of pause. And now to kind of help you see the power of a pause, I want to play a clip of Steve Jobs introducing the iPod. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. Every once in a while, a revolutionary product comes along that changes everything. And Apple has been, well, first of all, one's very fortunate if you get to work on just one of these in your career. Apple's been very fortunate it's been able to introduce a few of these into the world. And you might be listening to that going, Dave, I don't, I don't get it. What's the big deal about that clip? That clip has had the pauses removed. And so here's that same clip without any editing. The only thing I've done is I've tried to remove some of the reverb from this clip, but this is the way it originally sounded And here. Listen to that first thing when he says, I've been thinking about this for two and a half years or whatever it is. There's a pause there. And that again is one of the pauses after you say something. And you're like, wow, two and a half years. So here's the clip with the pauses. And hear how the pauses change the way that clip impacts you. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. Every once in a while, a revolutionary product comes along that changes everything. And Apple has been, well, first of all, one's very fortunate if you get to work on just one of these in your career. Apple's been very fortunate. It's been able to introduce a few of these into the world. And of course, he's doing that in front of an audience and on occasion, you get to when you do a pause, it turns into an applause break, which is not something we have to do when we're podcasting. But I don't know. For me, when I did that little exercise, I was like, yeah, those pauses add emphasis and they give your brain a chance to catch up. And it just adds, in some cases, a little more impact to the content. Now, that doesn't mean that we should all do a podcast and sound like William Shatner. We're now we're going to accentuate everything. 
that we say with a dramatic pause. Bones. No, no, we're not going to do that. That would sound weird. Unless, of course, you're William Shatner. The other thing I want to point out is when we sit here and say we need to get comfortable with pauses, especially when we're doing interviews, that's not easy. It's not, especially if you're doing something where someone is being vulnerable, you kind of typically want to step in and help the person because you can see they're struggling. And it it takes dedication. It takes knowledge that, hey, that little coach in your head is going to go, don't, don't interrupt. Let them go. Let them go. And in the end, you'll end up with a better, more impactful episode. And that's really what we're looking for. We want to create content so good that our audience can't help but share it. And the day after Ben Affleck was on the Howard Stern show, it was all over the different media. I saw it on Twitter. I saw it on, I think Yahoo had a bunch of things. I know uh, Ben Affleck's ex-wife, Jennifer Garner, was asked to comment on it because he kind of basically said that they did the best they could to stay together for the kids, et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot of talk about that interview. And the, the reason for that is it was a good interview. And Howard got out of the way. He asked the questions that not everybody else had already asked. He did promote his movie, The Tender Foot or whatever it was called, The Tender Bar, which I am going to watch. And yet he got into those questions that, hey, nobody really talks to Ben about his dad and I have an opportunity to because this movie reflects Ben's life. So it's an example again of where pauses can be powerful. They can help you make a point. And when you're doing interviews, they can lead to really, really good answers. And if they don't, we just edit out the pause. So I did an episode in the middle of last week with Evo Terra, where he took an episode that he had uploaded to Captivate and he made it in a way that it didn't go into his feed. So it didn't go to his audience, but it enabled him to give me the technical details to put it into my Libsyn account, but still be hosted on his account. And if you've ever wondered now, first of all, before I even say any of this, otherwise my boss will kill me because I work for Libsyn, by the way. and. If you don't understand this, then contact the Libsyn support. You might even say, hey, give this to Dave. When you make an episode, there is an advanced tab, and 99.99999% of the time, you never use it unless you want to include an enclosure from somebody else's media host, which is what I did. And so what you need there is and this is almost pointless to explain it without doing it visually, but you need the all the the geeky techie stuff about that file. So it'll be the direct link to that uh, file. You'll need to know the length in seconds. You'll need the audio type. We'll say type equals audio dash mpeg, and that is in an enclosure tag. So in a nutshell, you need the enclosure tag. And I realize that a big chunk of you right now are going, I have no idea what you just said, but if it's something you want to do and you're on Libsyn, you can do that. Now, for the record, I don't think you can do that in any other media host. I know you can do episode drops on Captivate from your show into another show you have on Captivate, 
that was from Captivate into Libsyn because Libsyn gives you this extra tab that is only used for things that are kind of way outside the box. And as you might imagine, that is way outside the box. You can get a full month of free hosting at Libsyn by using the coupon code SOP free, all one word in SOP. If you ever wondered is short for school of podcasting. So SOP free when you sign up at Libsyn.com. Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. It's short for liberated syndication. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the School of Podcasting. Everything I mentioned today, you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 809. If you know another podcaster, and my guess is you do, and they might actually benefit from listening to this episode, could you do me a favor and share it with them? It would really mean the world to me. I'm sure you're probably listening to it on some sort of phone and such. That would be awesome. And if you'd like this episode, and you want to have next week's episode automatically come down to your device. Just go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Dave Jackson, your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach. And until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. All right. Hey, 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 before you send that email, let me answer the question. You're probably thinking, Dave, how did you get the clearance to play those clips? And the answer is I didn't. But one of the things, and first of all, I'm not a lawyer. And more importantly, I'm not your lawyer, but I know there's an aspect of fair use about using things in an educational setting. And I feel in my non-legally trained brain that today's episode would be classified as, okay, he used it in an educational setting. That is a risk I'm willing to take when I go to court to use the defense of fair use. And so that's, I thought about it a lot and I was like, I think this one's a pretty cut and dried. Yeah. He used it in an educational setting kind of thing. And again, I would advise you to go read up on fair use. Don't take my summary of it. Go read it yourself. But if you're wondering, how did I do that? I am definitely taking a chance. I'm taking a risk, but I feel confident I will be okay. And again, I'm not a lawyer. More importantly, I'm not your lawyer. Do your own research.